Is that your automatic seats? Uh, yeah, I was just leaning it back. I'm just trying to get decent lighting in the car. Well, we're live now. This is our uh, little intro, soft intro. Um, so uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in and uh, seeing me and Jesse here. We're going to get it to the uh, video here real quick. If you're tuning in for the uh, interview, it may or may not happen. We'll see. But uh, I'm going to kick it off here with the video, and we'll see what happens after that. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. going on everybody welcome to infinity sports we are live again and as you can see jesse is making a repeat performance as uh, the co-host what's going on just what's up uh Wayne? I, the fans couldn't stop you know slamming on my door man they wanted me to come back for another performance an encore if you may so here i am well hopefully you do encores the way garth brooks does because he, he crushes them Oh, man, you and Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, if you're watching us, it is on either the Facebook Live page or the YouTube Live page. You can also catch the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. You can catch replays of the video on YouTube, uh, which is our own channel as well. If you want to reach out to us on social media, you can find us on Infinity Sports Pod or at Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and at Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. The website is www.infinitysportspodcast.com. That will take you to any of the social media and any of the outlets where you can listen to or watch the show, as well as we have a store where you can purchase Infinity Sports Apparel, 12 is greater than 9 apparel, and, of course, the Sully Collection, which we need to upgrade. So no bones about that. <laughs> I was trying to think of some good uh, shirts we could put into the store. I know we talked last episode about Leroy Ellis has to be in there. Um, I was also trying to think of some other movie quotes, the um, – uh, Sully mentioned one to me, uh, bone saws ready is one that he likes. Okay. Um, you know, I think, you know, they just have to come up organically and, you know, you'll know for a fact when you say it, that, you know, it, you'll feel it. Um, and you'll know that it belongs on a t-shirt somewhere, you know, and I love the limited release ideas that you had had originally. So when we put out a shirt, um, we got to take it down. So when we put something up, that's when 12 verse 12 is greater than nine is going to end up being, you know, taken down. So, Get it while you can before we end up putting some other uh, great idea up in the store. Yeah, so far past the 12 is greater than 9 incident. I think nobody even really remembers what it is anymore. So, yeah, definitely got to freshen that up a little bit. Um, yeah, so a big show tonight. It's supposed to be an interview with Ronnie Fields. If you're tuning in for that, he has not joined us yet. Uh, I'm not sure if he will. If he does, we have a bunch of questions teed up. In the meantime, we're going to proceed with a different show, which is our usual Wednesday show uh, when we don't have a guest. So Jesse's going to partake in that, which means we have greater than. We've got our NFL football picks. But, of course, first things first, we have the news. Oops. The news. The news is brought to you by Invader Coffee. Invader Coffee is a official sponsor of Belly Up Sports. You can visit their website at invadercoffee.com and you can make purchases there, which includes a clothing line with a lot of Grim Reaper type stuff on it because it is a veteran-owned business. So you're going to see a lot of that stuff, and especially today. Happy Veterans Day to anybody who served. Thank you for serving. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Support those who served by buying Invader Coffee and getting 15% off with the code BELLYUP. Uh, it is 100% organic, it is 100% air roasted, and they have a 100% money back guarantee. So even if you don't like it, you can always send it back and you get your money back. So definitely support the troops and support those who served and who are still around. Definitely big confusion with Veterans Day and Memorial Day. I'm like Memorial Day are the people who aren't here. Veterans Day celebrates the people who still are. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's good to uh, honor both when uh, they both have their day uh, for us to be able to do that. You know, it's not just a day off of work for folks. It's uh, a day for us to uh, remember and thank. So uh, definitely uh, a big thank you to all those out there uh, who uh, served. And, um, you know, thanks for uh, anybody out there uh, who may be watching who served as well. Yeah, for sure. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, we definitely respect everybody who did it. I had an opportunity to go into the armed services out of high school. Uh, two, actually. One was the Army and one was the uh, Marines. I looked at both. At the end of the day, I'm too much of a puss bag. I can't do it. So uh, definitely tons of respect for people who can. I'm willing to admit that uh, there are people uh, much more confident in their uh, abilities and uh, more uh, more brave than I. Uh, so uh, I thank all those uh, men and women out there that are better than myself. The first bit of news that we have for the news, obviously, uh, Alabama, COVID-19, the AD as well as Nick Saban test positive. They're going into that game with LSU. LSU also has some COVID-19 tests. But if I'm not mistaken, and you can correct me because you're the big Alabama fan, isn't this the second time uh, that Nick Saban has gotten COVID-19? Because prior to that, I had Sarkeesian co coached uh, a couple of games. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Uh, I was pretty close to actually correcting you because I hadn't seen that Saban had contracted it for a second time. But I know for a fact that he had contracted it just a few weeks ago. Uh, so if that is something that is... Uh, more recent than uh, that is for sure his second time contracting it in this short football season. Um, that can't be a good sign at all. Um, you know, this gentleman is uh, over 60 years old and is an Alabama legend. Uh, so I do know that the game has been postponed. Um, you know, there were some LSU positives. Now there's some Alabama positives. So uh, certainly not looking good down in the Southeast Conference uh, for the coronavirus and its effect on football. I am surprised that we're seeing it now because it seemed like when the SEC said, we're just going to roll and we're not going to go out there and we're going to play, I thought for sure we'd have five or six teams that everybody was testing positive. But I guess they've done a pretty good job of keeping it under wraps. Yeah, this is the the wave that I think, um, you know, it's, you know, football isn't immune to it. Uh, nowhere in the world is. I think we're seeing a second wave uh, in it right now, uh, taking different parts and it's going to affect um, everything really, you know, whether it be school work or the sport that we all want to see. I'm definitely excited to, I, I never get a flu shot. Like I never do because I'm like, whatever, my immune system will figure it out, but I'm definitely going to be in line for the, uh, that Pfizer, um, COVID, uh, shot because it sounds like, uh, within 28 days, cause you have to get two doses of it. I think uh, a couple weeks apart, but within 28 days, you, you're, you're immune to COVID. It's, it's a true vaccine and then it says 90% effective. So, uh, I think that's a total game changer going into next year. Yeah. Um, I'm still curious as to when we'll actually see that. And, uh, as soon as we do, you, you mentioned it, the line's going to be insane. Yeah, for sure. The next bit of news we have is the Houston Rockets. There's some uncertainty. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, they've come out and said that, you know, uh, they aren't sure what direction the franchise is going in. It definitely seems like, you know, one, if not both of them may get traded. Uh, I'm just curious to get your take. Uh, I don't think they move on from both of these guys. I think they would keep Harden and move on from Westbrook. Uh, yeah, you certainly can't move on from both. I know that Daryl Morey isn't there anymore. Um, so... Um, they're certainly open to making moves. Uh, they've dedicated uh, plenty of years to this offensive mindset, this three-point mindset of trying to really compete with Golden State, and they haven't made it um, into the finals once uh, throughout, uh, you know, Daryl Morey's tenure or James Harden's tenure. So I definitely see one of them moving. I think the more valuable player is James Harden, um, but the one that you're probably going to see moved, you're right, is Russell Westbrook. Um, but I think that James Harden is the better player. I think he's just – he's Houston's everything. I don't think you can move him and uh, get a proper return. They put up similar stats. I think where Harden is greater than uh, – to use a, a nice segment come up – where yeah. Harden's greater than is he's a much, much, much better shooter You know, from outside. So uh, Westbrook, that's his Achilles heel, that and the fact that he, he plays completely out of control. Yeah. Um, but basically – uh, you know, Westbrook's going to get you rebounds. He's going to get assists. He's going to score points, but he's a slasher. Harden's a more complete offensive player. So I, I agree. I think Westbrook is the one that gets moved. I think he's a tremendous player. And I've seen there's some rumors he could go to the Clippers. I've seen rumors he could go to the Knicks. Honestly, I like the idea of him going to the Knicks and playing with RJ Barrett and uh, Knox. I think a nice young team that his kind of like we brought KG into the Celtics. He has that kind of, you know, fire. Like he's going to get out there and go 100 miles per hour. He's going to make everybody else go 100 miles per hour, too. Yeah, that fire and that veteran uh, leadership um, could really help. I mean, his playoff experience, even though it hasn't been 
finals experience could really be valuable to that New York roster. Um, and it could really help out, um, you know, the coaches there as well, because don't they have a, a brand new coach? Uh, they do, I think. I'm not 100% sure. I know they interviewed Jeff Van Gundy, but I don't think he was hired, so I'm not sure exactly who they – Yeah, they may, not, they may not have chosen one yet. I can't, I can't remember the exact name. I thought they had narrowed down to somebody, but, um, you know, it certainly helped to have somebody like Russell Westbrook. Um, but, you know, the main reason why I would want to keep James Harden is, you know, the guy just put up more than 35 points a game this past season. You know, he didn't win the MVP, um, but, you know, he had an insane offensive year. So um, I would take his uh, offensive efficiency – uh, over uh, Russell Westbrook's uh, his craziness, you know, he's just he's not always f- as focused as you need him to be. Now, the other bit of news is tomorrow the Masters starts, and it's crazy to have the Masters in November because it always takes place in April in the springtime. And now, I mean, it's Georgia, so it's going to be warm or warmer. But uh, I'm sure a lot of turtlenecks will see out there, some sweaters, some sweater vests. And uh, it's going to be really interesting because I know that uh, Bryson DeChambeau looks completely unbeatable the way that he's playing. But, um, yeah, I'd love to see Tiger repeat. He probably won't, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch, you know, the Masters. Um, this is probably the one uh, golf tournament a year that I do uh, make sure to watch as much of as I can. And uh, I am rooting for Tiger as much as I can. Um, I do think it will probably end up being the field. Um, you know, it's hard to repeat, especially, um, where, um, he hasn't played as much this year. Um, but, um, I think that, you know, it's going to be a very entertaining tournament. Um, I think that the weather that we've seen even up here in New Hampshire, cause you both, you and I both live in New Hampshire. The weather recently has been warm enough for us to actually feel like it could be master's time, but it's just weird to see it at this time on the calendar. Yeah, and uh, I do a master's pool, and I win it every year at work. Uh, I mean, hundreds of dollars. I only put 20 bucks in, but I think I won 500 and something dollars one year. Because um, we pick five golfers, and it's like you can pick two from, like, the really good players list, and then the other three have to come off of, like, the average guys list. Yeah. Um, and then they bring, based on money, how they finished. Um, and the one that I picked that's kind of a long shot, I actually crossed them off, and then I went back and rewrote them in, is uh, Ricky Fowler. Um I think I like Ricky Fowler. I think this course sets up for him because he's a finesse game type of player. And Augusta, typically, that's good because the greens are so fast there. I was going to replace him with Jason Day. Jason Day always performs well in the majors. But I was like, ah, I just got this feeling. And so if Ricky uh, Fowler gets the green jacket, it's like, hey, thank you, gut. I'm never going to doubt you again. Yeah, golf is one of those things where it's pretty up in the air, you know, especially this year of all years. Um, you know, Brooks Kepka, you know, always seems to be able to do certain things. And, uh, you know, can't mention golf without mentioning that shot the other night um, or, you know, the other day where uh, that gentleman, uh, I think it was Ham. John um, Rom. Oh, look at you. You got it teed up. Look at you. That's perfect. Yeah, skipping um, it over the water. Yeah, oh, yeah, and a hole in one. I mean, what an amazing shot. You know, you couldn't you couldn't redo that uh, if you had a thousand attempts, um, you know, and it's just so, so magical. Um, you know, I watched that on the news because I didn't see it live and I was just like, oh, my word. Um, you know, the, the skill it takes, um, and you know, a large portion of luck as well, but, uh, it was just an amazing shot for him to be able to do that. So, um, definitely nice. And, uh, didn't know you had that teed up. So nicely done. Yeah, no worries. I, I had it set up cause it was a crazy shot and you do see so often, um, guys skip the ball on the water. I've seen Tiger Woods do it. I've seen a bunch of different people skip the ball, but I've never seen somebody skip the ball for a hole in one. So that's pretty sick. Oh, it was such a crazy combo. Like, if you'd have gotten it close, it still would have been impressive. But for the the fact that it made its way all the way into the hole was just just superb. Yeah, it's one of it's got to be one of the top plays of the year of the the SBs, you know. Oh, absolutely. Except it wasn't during the tournament; it was a practice round, so. I'd still put it in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, it is time for our favorite segment, greater than. Uh, we allotted ourselves enough time to maybe get fifteen or so minutes out of this, so we got some different. Things we're going to go back and forth with on greater than. I'll throw two items out there. Jesse, I'll throw two items out there, and we will discuss which is greater than which. Um, you went first last time, so I'm going to pull one up here uh, for you. And this one is especially for you, by the way. I, I wrote this one down just for you. Jordan on the Wizards, LeBron on the Lakers. Uh, it is a few years age difference, correct? You know, at that point, Jordan was a few years older. He was probably 39, 40, and LeBron's, what, 36, 37? It was three years. Um, I mean, that, that's a long time, especially in that age. Um, but um, I'll, I'll step away from my heart here, and I'll say that the performance that LeBron had 
in this last year, uh, especially, um, was all time. Um, he didn't win the MVP, but he certainly could have won the MVP. Um, he deserved to be in the top three or four names mentioned. So I would say for that particularly, uh, the Lakers version of LeBron at that age is greater than Jordan and his performances as a wizard, even though he did average, I think it was 20 or 21 points a game uh, in his final year as a wizard. So uh, definitely a, an, an impressive performance as Jordan, you know, as, for Jordan. And I'm a huge Jordan fan. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to sleep well tonight, but I'm going to pick LeBron as a Laker. Well, that's why I had it down because I felt like you have to. I mean, LeBron James, like you said, he was an MVP candidate this year. He averaged like 25, 8, and 10. He led the league in assists. Um, he's just such a great player. He His longevity is very Brady-like where he just continues to, to get better and better. I do think he's better. I do like to also bring up the story, and I mentioned it on a couple of shows. I'll do it again because I love doing it, which is that I got to see Michael Jordan play his first game with the Wizards. And uh, it was really, really cool. Huge crowd. We waited. It was me and my grandmother. We got tickets. We paid $400 per ticket. Uh, but I was live in attendance when Michael Jordan suited up for the Wizards for the first time. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely jealous. Uh, unfortunately, never got a chance to see Jordan play. Um, I would... Um, just love an opportunity to see him talk. Um, but uh, definitely uh, impressive that you were able to go and see him. And, and I know that you've gone to see uh, a few different NBA games and be close enough to see just how fast um, and crazy um, the gameplay is. Oh, it's nuts. Uh, so uh, my, my greater than is uh, I've, I've got a, I'm going to start with a movie one here and get this one right out of the way. And uh, I talked this one out with my mom, and uh, it is um, Steven Seagal mm -hmm. or Jean-Claude Van Damme. So it's a difficult uh, decision for me because uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is the better martial artist. I mean, I think it's hands down uh, his flexibility, his aerial uh, attack moves and whatnot. But looking at Seagal's catalog uh, with Out for Justice – Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, Under Siege, Under Siege 2, right? I mean, these are great movies. Van Damme, Bloodsport, not that great. Lionheart, awful. You know, uh, Kickboxer, crap. You know, Cyborg is absolutely one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. However, I do say that Time Cop... I was, which, that's the one I was going to yeah, mention. Time, Time Cop is my favorite Van Damme movie, and it's also my favorite time travel movie. And I'm a big time travel buff. Like, I'm a nut about time travel. And so that's my favorite time travel movie. Um, but total catalog, I'm giving it to Seagal. Oof. See, I, I would say that I enjoy um, Jean-Claude's performances more so than anything from Seagal. Um, I think that um, both of them certainly... Um, had their, their heyday. Um, they were impressive um, during that decade or so that they were making a ton of movies. Um, but I definitely enjoyed Van Damme's movies much more. Well, you know, uh, Van Damme was in The Expendables 2. Uh, we have yet to see Steven Seagal in The Expendables. So I'm still, I know he's a sheriff up in Alaska or something, but I'm still uh, to see him. In he's pretty chunky these days. I mean, you can definitely see him doing some very slow um, martial arts uh coaching or training and uh it is very rough because of how slow and unagile he has become pretty <laughs> he was, pretty chunky he was kind of frankensteinish uh before he got all the weight it's not good now it's, it's definitely bad he needs some oil all right so this one is the basketball one shaquille o'neal hakeem olajuwon that's crazy because i had a basketball one that was about bigs as well um uh, so I think this is a great one because these are probably two of the more dominant big men of all time. Um, I think that Hakeem Olajuwon doesn't get um, the credit that Shaq does um, because Shaq played on the Lakers and played with Kobe and um, was able to win more championships there and then throughout his career. Um, but I'm going to end up taking Hakeem Olajuwon. I think that he was... Uh, more versatile um, on the offensive and defensive side. Uh, people will still try and contact Akeem Olajuwon to teach them the footwork that he used um, even now. So uh, it's it was impressive to see uh, his come up um, collegiately and then professionally. 
Um, and uh, I do a lot of drafts with some friends, and uh, he's someone that's drafted uh, very, very early. Yeah, his Hakeem's footwork is second to none. There's there's, there's nobody who has is good at footwork, and even Kobe Bryant, I think, did like two or three summers at Hakeem Olajuwon's big man camp to learn post up footwork, uh, which is why Kobe was so good in the post as well. Uh, he just learns that footwork, which is phenomenal. Hakeem was more versatile as a scorer. He could shoot jumpers. He could knock down free throws. Uh, his fadeaway was lights out. And that said, I love dominant players. And we talk about Wilt Chamberlain's my number one all-time greatest player. And if there's a doppelganger for Chamberlain, it's Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, just the way he dominates the paint, scores at will. You know, you say, oh, well, Wilt Chamberlain played against these little 6'5 milkmen. Well, that's what it looked like Shaq was playing against. Like, he was killing people. And so I love the dominance. I love the thunder dunks. I loved the fact that Shaquille O'Neal's rookie year, they switched from a glass to a plexiglass backboard because he had shattered all these backboards in college. And they're like, we're going to make our hoops Shaq-proof. And what he did is he just, like, broke these, like, one-foot-in-diameter bolts that were in the hinge system for the hoops. So he didn't shatter the backboard, but he broke two hoops his rookie year. Yeah, he's definitely the more physical player, um, the more dominant player. I think, you know, the refs certainly had to change the way they called the games because of him more so than Olajuwon. Um, But I think Olajuwon is more fun to watch uh, offensively. And I think they're both uh, very, very good defensively. Um, But I would take... Uh, Olajuwon's ability to defend um, both in the post and probably uh, out on the perimeter as well. All right. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, use my, my basketball that I had right away, so I'm going to go ahead and jump into a football one here. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm going to say uh, Peyton Manning or Drew Brees. Who's, who's the greater player to you, Wayne? I think I have to go Peyton Manning. Um, I know that he's the adversary to Brady because uh, there's always Peyton and Tom. And Breeze came along towards the end. He's there now. But he's also at the end of his career. Breeze has only won one Super Bowl. He's only been to one Super Bowl, I think. So whereas Ta- uh, uh, Peyton Manning went to four Super Bowls, he won two of them. So that's one part of it. And I also think that Peyton Manning has the bigger arm. I mean, Breeze is the king dink and dunker. And that's when you look at Michael Thomas getting those 130 receptions or whatever. They're all little five-yard passes because Breeze just – I'm not saying he can't throw the deep ball, but he prefers to throw a short ball. Peyton Manning threw a great deep ball up until the end of his career when his neck, he couldn't really throw the ball anymore. A lot of ducks. But, you know, early in his career, he had a good arm and, you know, just a bigger player. Again, Drew Breeze, six feet, maybe 5'11". You know, Peyton's at 6'6". He can see over the line. He's got the big arm. Uh, he also designed his whole offense. So it's basically when he went to Denver, he was the offensive coordinator in Denver because he brought the, his entire offense with him and taught it to all the players. Whereas Drew Brees has been in a system, and I hate that because people use it against Brady, but it, it is true. So I'm going to take Peyton Manning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely think that Peyton Manning has one of the bigger minds um, in all of football, uh, especially offensively, um, where he's been offensive coordinator or part, or part offensive coordinator probably for every team that he's been on, um, all those Colts years and uh, those Broncos years that he had. Uh, I would also choose Peyton Manning, um, probably more so on the stats. I think um, that second Super Bowl victory, um, I'm going to put more so on the Denver defense than on anything that he did. I think he looked atrocious by then. Um, And then, you know, remembering the beatdown that Seattle put on that Denver team as well. Um, So not looking at his playoff performances because – you know, he got beat down a lot by New England as well. Um, but I think uh, the things that he was able to do throughout his career um, from first year on, uh, I'm going to choose Peyton Manning as well. I think he is the superior quarterback. But I do think that both belong in the top five all time. All right. Now I've got uh, a Christmas movie one. Uh, this is because uh, we're getting into the season. And the season, Wayne. I love Christmas movies as much as anybody. So these two are my two favorite. And I'm not going to tell you what order. We'll get into that. But Elf Christmas Story. Uh, I'm just going to ask you for clarification. Christmas Story is uh, the uh, the little red BB gun? Yes, Red Rider BB gun. Okay. Um, well, uh, my preference is going to be uh, Elf is uh, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than a Christmas Story. Um, I'm not a fan of that film at all. I hate that they throw it on on a loop. Um, I think Elf is, you know, generational. Um, it's 
um, one of those things that, you know, Will Ferrell is going to put on his Mount Rushmore of movies um, it, throughout his catalog. He's done a lot of great ones, but that one's probably going to be right up there in his top four. Um, it was so great. You know, the comedy in it, the singing, the actors that, you know, were involved. I think that I'm going to choose Elf all day. So for years and years, Christmas Story was my favorite. So you talk about putting it on a loop. And I'm like, I probably watch it three times in 24 hours when it's on TNT. Uh, I, I just love the story. I love the narration, uh, the talk about youth and kind of being excited about that one Christmas present. I mean, I feel we've all felt that way. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I really feel it. And when I watch it, even the opening scene of the movie, they're standing outside the toy store and it's snowing and there's Christmas carolers by like a bucket with some fire. And it's so old town Christmassy. And I love, love, love Christmas. I love, I hate the snow. But I love it for Christmas time, and I will walk around the snow. I will walk around. I look at candy canes. I, I've been Christmas caroling. I just love Christmas. It's the greatest thing in the entire world. And to me, that movie really captures what I love about Christmas. That said, it took a few years, but Elf did surpass it as my number one. Uh, it's just it's heartwarming. It's great, and it's the perfect mixture for Will Ferrell, who's constantly trying to figure out how stupid can I play this in the movie? And almost every time he goes over the line to make it stupid instead of funny. Uh, Step Brothers is an exception where he had the perfect amount of stupid. And I think Elf as well. I think he played the stupid just the right amount that he made it charming and he was a very likable character. Uh, and then of course you have John Favreau as the doctor who was also the director of the movie and anything John Favreau directs, you know, I'm pretty much in with the exception of Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, almost anything he touches uh, these days ends up becoming gold, especially under the Disney umbrella. Um, but yeah, uh, Will Ferrell definitely crushed that performance. I don't think there's been a better holiday movie that's come out since then. Um, to be honest, um, prior to that, my favorite um, is actually The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Okay. I, I really, really enjoyed that one. I mean, I could watch that one every year um, as a tradition. Um, really um, love that one. Uh, not so much the sequels, but that original definitely hits every year. Yeah, excellent. Uh, another one I have for you is uh, The Office, because um, I feel like you've seen uh, a good amount of The Office. True yep. or false? Okay. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this other one, but uh, Parks and Rec. So here's the thing that might make it unfair. So first of all, The Office is my one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, Parks and Rec has a similar feel to it, so I understand uh, the comparison. Uh, there's no laugh track. It's very much of a kind of like a documentary-ish type of shoot to it. Yeah, um, where there's always people looking at the cameras in both shows. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like that style. I only saw the first season of Parks and Rec, and I didn't like it a whole lot. Everyone told me that you have to start season two is when it really – you know, picks up. And so I really have to get to season two. So it's unfair because I've only seen that first season, the office. I've seen every single episode. Yeah. Um, and to me, I mean, I understand people really like, um, uh, was it Ron Swanson? Yeah. But you know, Ron Swanson, I'm going to take, uh, you know, Michael Scott is greater than Ron Swanson, you, you know, are because you've only seen one season, you know, he is amazing throughout every season, you know, in that first season, um, you know, they're, they're really formulating some people um, and building character. Uh, but the more that that show goes on, uh, the better he and uh, a few other of the prime characters get. Um, Mark Brandanowitz is the city planner, um, and he's pretty much gone after the first season. Um, and it opens up uh, more time and more comedy. Um, you know, Chris Pratt gets better every season uh, in that show. And uh, yeah, Nick Offerman is Ron Swanson is amazing. Uh, so I mean, personally, um, that's the one that I take. I think that both are funny shows, but I don't think that the um, Parks and Rec actually has a bad season. Whereas I do think that there are bad seasons and cringeworthy moments on The Office. I don't think there's a cringeworthy moment on Parks and Rec. Uh, I can't watch the episode um where uh michael scott uh doesn't end up giving out the um the scholarships oh yep uh, uh was it it's like scott's tots uh, or something like that? oh man it's that that's it's cringeworthy you, you can't <laughs> walk so it's um you know i think you know it, the longevity um any show that uh allows itself that much longevity allows itself um some opportunities to miss and i think that that show 
the Simpsons and then, you know, Game of Thrones, even um, you when you go on that long, you allow people to pick you apart. And I think that I may be picking um, the office apart, but when they lost Michael Scott, they certainly lost a lot of thunder um, when they lost Steve Carell. Um, I didn't love, um, you know, when Will Ferrell jumped on there or when Idris Elba was on there. Um, a funny show, but I just I enjoy every character from Parks and Rec in every season. All right. Well, my last one, because we'll each do one more here before we get to our football picks. Uh, my last one's also going to be a movie one. This is action movies. And it's you're going to tell me the greater than series or, or, or the collection. Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. Hmm. I'm going to take uh, the Lethal Weapon series. Um, I actually really enjoy Mel Gibson um, as an actor more. And I think that that series provides more comedy. Um, and that's really what I value more, I think, in most movies, even if it is, um, if it leans itself more heavily to action. Um, I think the comedy um, in, in that movie between uh, Mel Gibson and, uh, help me out here, Wayne, who was it? Uh, Diddy Glover. Yeah, I, I think the interactions between them um, are, are all very great um, in all of that, uh, in all those series. So I would take the Lethal Weapon series over the Die Hard series. I think the Die Hard series has gotten to the point now where it's, it feels like the Fast and Furious or Saw. Like, I'm not, what do we have, like five of those now? I don't even know. Yeah, it's, it's too, it's too many to me. So I would certainly take Lethal Weapon. See, I'd take Lethal Weapon as well. And I will say this I think that the original Die Hard movie is the best of any of them, either collection. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, Lethal Weapon is great. And Lethal Weapon 2 is really good with the South Africans and the, and the gold. And they got the big pallets of money. And then you get into Lethal Weapon 3. I didn't really love as much. 4, when they bring in Jet Li and Chris Rock, I thought it was fantastic. Um, whereas Die Hard, I love the first one. Obviously, it's a great all-time classic. Uh, the second one, absolute garbage. Whether at the airport or fighting the Russians or whoever they are. Yeah. And then the third one with Samuel L. Jackson was really good. I liked that one a lot. And Jeremy Irons was the bad guy. But then, like you said, after that, the the seven or eight they made after that, just now, nah, I'm good. It, yeah, I think you know. Again, with longevity, you really start to to lose the luster um, that was created with you know the original. Um, so yeah, leave the weapon for me. Um, I'm going to take you back to basketball, Wayne. Your number one sport here, and uh, I'm going to say uh, Dwight Howard or hmm. Moses Malone. Moses Malone. Um, the the big difference being scoring. Uh, I mean, Dwight Howard was an athletic freak. He was a great defensive player, grab you a lot of rebounds, get a lot of blocks. He scored 20 points per game a couple of times, but usually they were just like alley-oops and, and dunks. Moses Malone was a complete offensive player. The guy averaged like 26, 27, 28 points per game and 15, 16, 17 rebounds. He's a two-time MVP, yeah. I think. I don't think uh, Dwight Howard's ever won the MVP. He might have been the running a couple of times. But uh, he's been, you know, Dwight was defensive player of the year. But like I said, complete player, offense and defense, it's Moses Malone. You know, greater, greater, greater than. Yeah, I think, you know, Dwight is certainly um, ha has more defensive player of the year, the year hardware um, and is maybe fresher in people's minds. Um, I honestly think that Moses and probably a guy like George Gervin are two of the more underrated players of all time um, when it comes to uh, the history of the NBA. Um, I'm not sure people really understand just how impactful Moses was um, with the Philly roster and Houston. Uh, so I think... The group is Moses as well. I think he was a uh, a much better player, um, and I think he played in a um, a, a tougher era as well. Um, I don't want to get us down a rabbit hole of era talk, but um, as far as when center ruled the game, I think that Moses um, was the superior player. All right. Well, if you stuck with us this long, it is time for us to make our football picks. Every week, me and Sully do it. Now we got me and Jesse. We'll see how we do against the spread as well as the over-under for the game. First game is obviously the Thursday night game. It is tomorrow's game. It is the Colts and the Titans. The spread on this one is plus two to the Colts, and the over-under is 49 and a half. Now, to me, the key to this game, because both these teams are very good, but the key is going to be my fantasy football player, and that is A.J. Brown. So A.J. Brown, when he goes off, he is just a phenomenal, hard-to-tackle, great hands, great speed kind of guy. And I think that if he gets off, and this is obviously uh, – they're going to cover the spread easily because they're giving up those two to the Colts. I think he does. 
I think he gets eight or nine catches. I think Derrick Henry probably runs for 125 yards or whatever it is. I would say take the point or give up the points. Take the Titans, give up the points. And as far as a 49 and a half, I would say take the over because I'm thinking like 30 to 20, which puts you just half a point over. Are you using your uh, your little machine still, your little predictor? I did not this time. I didn't, this is the one thing I didn't actually prep for. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, I am actually going to take uh, – I'm going to take the Titans. Um, I think that, um, you know, I'm going to take the over as well. I love the uh, Colts' uh, young players, Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard. I think they have some very good players. Um, but I think that the Titans are trending upwards. Um, Tannehill is continuing to impress me. And I think as the season goes on and the weather gets colder – Nobody's going to want to try and tackle Derrick Henry. All right. That's pretty fair. The next game, I don't have a video graphic. Sorry, everybody, for every single game. That's just too many. But um, <laughs> the next game we have is the Cleveland Browns uh, giving up three points to the Texans. Uh, the over-under is 53. So they're expecting this to be a fairly high-scoring game. I concur. I think this will be. I think Baker Mayfield's going to have a pretty good day against that Texans defense. The, the whole Texans team to me is just garbage. However, the Browns defense is not that good either. But what the Browns do, I think, better than the Texans is run the ball. So I'm going to say that the Texans cover the spread because I think they win by like seven. So let's call it 30-23. That's a push. Under. All right, so I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Browns and the under. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I think that the Browns, um, they no longer have OBJ. Um, You know, they're still – uh, transitioning into that type of offense where they don't have him. Um, and, uh, you know, even though they have a very successful running game, um, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, put up uh, 53 points, especially when you look at the Texans offense. So I'm taking the under there. Um, and uh, I'm not as uh, gamble savvy as Sully. So just explain this plus three to me, you know. We'll- so basically if it's uh, 30 to 27, it would be a push because you're giving up three points to the Texans. So the Texans are starting off three nothing at kickoff. Okay. Uh, so I think that the the Browns are going to win by a larger margin than three points. I think they'll probably win by a touchdown. All right. So we agree so far. Let's get some dissension going here. But yuck, yeah. The next game we have is the Detroit Lions going against the Washington Football Team. They are giving up four points to the Washington Football Team, and the over under this one's forty five and a half. I'm going to say under on this game. Uh, the Washington offense is atrocious. Detroit can't seem to figure itself out. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And you ready for this one? I say it's going to be Washington money line, which means no points. I think Washington wins outright. Wow. Um, I, I certainly am going to agree with you there on the under. Um, I think that Washington is now down to uh, is it Alex Smith now because Kyle Allen um, had uh, a very uh, – ugly uh, leg injury that they continue to show when they shouldn't have shown. Um, But I'm pretty sure they're down to Alex Smith. Um, I'd be shocked if they tried to go back to Dwayne Haskins after being benched. Um, So uh, that offense, I'm going to agree with you, is atrocious. Um, The Lions are fighting for the Matty Patricias um, to continue uh, to have a job. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to go with the under there. Um, And uh, as far as a winner, hmm. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions, but I'm going to say um, they win uh, by a field goal. So that would mean that the uh, the Washington would take the points, correct? Correct. So if you take the points, then you're taking Washington. Yep. So I'm taking the points then. Okay. I Sorry, I'm think... a slow learner with this gambling stuff. Oh, no, that's fine. So uh, the next game, obviously, is the Bucks and the Panthers. Two teams that are really weird. Obviously, Tom Brady had an atrocious game last week. And when I say atrocious game, I mean Tom Brady was overthrowing wide-open receivers, which we're used to seeing him do, uh, ugly interceptions. Uh, he did get Antonio Brown. That's, that's not really an upgrade. So the Panthers are a team. They got Christian McCaffrey back, but he's not playing this week. So yeah. because he's not playing – I'm going to take the Bucks and I'm going to give up the points. And as far as the over-under goes, hmm. so Bucks and the points and 50 and a half. I'm going to take the over because both these teams have been scoring 30 a game. Yeah, I hate to agree with you again, Wayne. I know that we've started off doing so, so far in these predictions, but I think that the Bucks, Tom Brady, 
uh, that offense. They're going to come out hungry to impress after only putting up a field goal, a measly field goal in that last game in a division. This is another interdivision game. Uh, so I'm going to take the over and I'm going to take the Bucks. All right. So far we are neck and neck. Let's see what we got here. Here's a crappy game. The Eagles and the Giants. The winner the, takes the division. <laughs> that's right. So the Eagles are giving up three and a half points to the Giants, and the over-under is 45. Now, I think the over-under, I think they're going to go over uh, both these teams. I think that uh, they can score, um, even though they're if they were playing any other team besides each other, I would take the under. But because they're playing each other, I'm going to take the over. And I think Philly wins, but I don't know if they cover the three and a half. I think they might win by one or two or three. So I'm going to take the Giants and the points, but I'm going to take the under. Uh, so I'm going to take the over on the points. I think both these quarterbacks are turnover prone, especially uh, Daniel Jones. Um, is he planning to start? If you know, I, I know last week they didn't start him. Um, as far as but, I know, he's starting. Yeah. But if he starts, I know both those quarterbacks um, certainly um, will get sacked plenty, um, probably fumble once each. And, uh, you know, they're known to uh, cough the ball up as well. So um, that could certainly turn into points. Uh, so I'm going to take the over there. And uh, I'm going to uh, take the Eagles um, uh, as far as the points. I think that uh, the Giants defense is pretty bad. Um, so I'm going to take um, them, um, the, the Eagles winning by more than a touchdown. Now, Sully and I like to joke about how much you, you don't like Carson Wentz. And so my question is, because he's a former Alabama guy, would you like to see Jalen Hart starting there? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that's my um, motivation for poo-pooing on Carson Wentz, but I would certainly be behind it. I mean, I'm not the GM that drafted you know Jalen Hurts in the third round. Um, so, I mean, I think that the Eagles um, would certainly benefit from it. Um, you know, but at the same time, they are in line to win uh, the division as long as they, you know, stay steady. So hard to replace a guy that is leading their division. Um, and uh, especially, you know, I have to agree um, with what Sully has mentioned, where, you know, it's a skeleton crew on their offense and their offensive line specifically. So um, I haven't really given that as much thought or consideration with uh, how poor his play has been. Um, I still think that he could be better, but I would love to see Jalen Hurts in there. I do see that they're mixing him in in the plays almost like the Saints do with uh, Taysom Hill. Um, so I think that, you know, he's already finding himself on the field. Um, and once you start doing that and the door starts to open, it's not long until, you know, they start to uh, picture him as the long-term option. And instead of um, looking at Wentz as a long-term option there. The Packers and the Jaguars. Whoops are playing each other, and it is a 13-and-a-half-point spread to the Jaguars. I know that uh, Green Bay has been playing great. Aaron Rodgers refuses to turn the ball over. The over-under is 52. I don't know if Gardner Minshew is back yet. I'm guessing based on that spread, he is not, or it would probably be like 8-and-a-half. So that said, I think the Packers win, but I still don't love that Packers defense. I still think they give up points. I still think Jacksonville can score some points here. So I'm going to take Jacksonville and the 13 and a half. And I'm going to take the over. Uh, give me Jacksonville and the under. Um, I think that uh, Jacksonville is uh, gritty enough to uh, keep it close. I think a uh, 13 and a half point spread um, is ugly. Um, I think that Aaron Rodgers is having an impressive year. Um, but I don't think it'll be a 52-point spread. So, uh, yeah, give me Jacksonville and the under. The next one is a battle of Sully's two favorite quarterbacks in the league. That is the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. As We have Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray. I love Kyler Murray. I've kind of poo-pooed Josh Allen going into the season, but he's really stepped it up in terms of accuracy. The one-and-a-half-point spread means that this is pretty much an even game as far as they're concerned. Yeah. Uh, 56 over-under sounds about right. Uh, they're both going to throw a lot of touchdowns. They're both probably going to run for a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 35-30 game, which would put it way over. Uh, so I'm going to take the over for sure. And I think the Cardinals win outright. So I'm going to say Cardinals money line and the over. Uh, I'm going to take the over, and I've got the, the Bills winning uh, by more than three points. Um, I think that they really positioned themselves well against the Seahawks this past week and really started to show their dominance in the AFC and show that the AFC is 
the more dominant conference as we're getting towards playoff time. Um, so I think that I've got the Bills winning. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the over with you uh, like you did as well. Um, but uh, I've got the uh, the Bills winning pretty handedly. All right. Well, another AFC East matchup, and this is one that's exciting for non-Patriots fans, is we have the Dolphins and the Chargers because we get to see Tua versus uh, Justin yes. Herbert. And we see a battle of rookies here. 48 is the over-under. Two and a half is the spread. The Dolphins are giving up the two and a half. I think the Dolphins win this game outright, and I think they win probably by seven or eight. So I think they're going to cover the spread. I would take the Dolphins and give up the points. The 48, way over. Way over. Both these quarterbacks are going to throw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Justin Herbert's been averaging like 325 yards a game. So I would say take the over and take the Dolphins giving up the points. Uh, we're either going to have a very good week or a very bad week, Wayne, because I agree with you right there. Um, I think that both these uh, young quarterbacks have shown that they can put up points. Um, they can ignite their offenses. Uh, you know, the Chargers have Keenan Allen. Um, and, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, the Dolphins, I think, have the better defense. So I'm going to take uh, them to win the game um, and uh, for them to win it pretty handedly. Um, but uh, I think that I'm certainly going to take the over. I think both these young offenses um, can put up points. Both these young quarterbacks have looked impressive so far. All right. And then we have... The Raiders and the Broncos, the over-under is 52. The plus five is to the Broncos. The Broncos are weird because sometimes they look decent. They never look good. Sometimes they look decent, and then other times they just look worse than the Jets even. The like Broncos are weird. <laughs> yeah, so it depends on which Broncos team shows up here. Uh, the over-under, I think that this is going to be an under because I'm going to say the Broncos don't show up, and it's going to be – 30 to 10, which is 40 way under, and uh, definitely the Raiders cover the spread. So I'm taking Vegas, giving up the points, and taking the under. Okay, so uh, I was actually going to take, uh, and I am going to take um, the under, and uh, I'm going to take the uh, the Broncos. Um, I'm going to give the Broncos the points there. I think it'll be a close enough game. I love the Broncos' offense. They're young weapons, even though I don't like Drew Locke. I think all they need is the right quarterback there. I, I honestly... Um, if they had Ryan Fitzpatrick there right now, I think, you know, they could probably fight for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I don't love much of, you know, the Oakland, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders um, offense. Um, but this is going to be a matchup of those Alabama receivers that were taken in this past draft, uh, Ruggs and Judy. Um, so I'll try and watch clips of this, you know, if I have any access to it. But uh, uh, again, I'm going to take the under and I'm going to give the Broncos the points. All right. The next game, we have the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams are giving up two, so the Rams are favored in this one. The Seahawks' defense has looked absolutely awful. The yeah. Rams don't look great. They look, again, another average-looking team. 55-and-a-half is a lot of points. I'm taking the over before I, I even get started because these both these teams have horrible defenses, with the exception of Aaron Donald. Obviously, he's going to put pressure on Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson is going to be able to escape that pressure. And I think that DK Metcalf has a good game here, maybe eight, nine receptions. So... I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take Seattle. Uh, I, too, am going to take um, – actually, hmm, 55 and a half. That's – called 28-27. Yeah, that's – I'm trying to think of the Rams' offense. The Rams' offense has seemed iffy this year. It seems hot and cold. Um, I'm actually going to go with the under in this one. Um, and I'm going to give um, the Seahawks the points there. I think they actually win um, by a larger margin, um, even though their defense hasn't been impressive. Um, I haven't been impressed by the uh, Rams at all this year. Now, when you say give the points to the Seahawks, do you mean you're taking the Rams and giving up the points, or do you mean you're taking the Seahawks and taking the points? Uh, the Seahawks are going to win, and I think they win by more than the two points right Ooh. there. So. so you want to go Seahawks money line. Yeah. Money line is when there's no spread. You're just taking them to win outright. Okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn this lingo by the end of the episode. <laughs> All right, the uh, couple games to go here, we've got the Bengals and the Steelers. This one's over under 47. They're giving 7.5 to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Now, here's what I'm going to say, and you're going to think I'm crazy, money line Bengals, Joe Burrow is going to hand the Steelers their first loss. So take the Steelers, or take the Bengals, and as for the 47, take the over, Joe Burrow, four touchdowns this game. You know, you may not be as crazy, Wayne, because, you know, Big Ben may not play this game. 
Uh, I did see that he was put on the uh, the COVID list. Um, I believe that's like a five-day list. So there's the potential that he misses this game. I think that Joe Burrow has looked impressive to this point, um, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, I'm going to say under. Um, I think that, you know, that's contingent on you know, if Big Ben doesn't play. So, I mean, as it currently stands, I'm going to say he doesn't play. And if that's the case, I'm going to take under. Um, the 47 points, and uh, I'm going to um, say that the, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to, is there if there's space on your bandwagon, Wayne, let me on, because uh, I'm going to take that as well. I'm going to take the Bengals money line. Nice. Two games to go here. We have the Saints and the 49ers. Talk about a mismatch. The plus nine and a half, this is the one that should have been plus 13 and a half. So I'm actually going to take the Saints and give up the nine and a half because I think they win by 20 this game. And as far as the 50, I just don't think San Francisco is going to score a lot against that Saints defense. Uh, expect a lot of turnovers. So I'm going to take the Saints and the under. Okay. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take the over. I think that Drew Brees is going to continue to cruise. That offense is going to continue to cruise. Uh, so I'm going to take the over there. Um, I think that, um, you know, the 49ers could potentially put up some points, um, and that will just creep up um, that over there. Um, nine and a half. Um, and once you get around double digits, it gets tough. Yeah, it's, it's a decent sized spread. Um, so I think, uh, I, I mean, I do think the Saints win this game. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, as soon as you get to, you know, close to 10, it, it just make, makes me wonder. Um, I'm going to take the Saints. I think that they will win by at least 10 points. All right. And the last game, this one saved for us here. We have the Patriots and the Ravens. This is the Sunday night game. 43 and a half is the over-under, plus seven to the Patriots. I love the Patriots. I mean, I love, love the Patriots. I really do. They're not going to cover that spread. Um, no. Take the Bengals because they're going to win by a lot. And the 43 and a half, I'd say take the under because I don't know if the Patriots score a touchdown this game. Maybe get six, two field goals. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots uh, beat the Jets by a measly three points as time expired. So uh, I don't love that seven-point spread. Um, honestly, I- I'm going to take the over. Um, I think that the Ravens offense um, needs to wake up. They need to put more effort into their offense as uh, the playoffs are looming um, and as the Steelers are um, trying to t- you know, certainly take a stronghold on that division. Um, they want to win that division as early as possible. Um, but uh, I think that the Patriots have done a decent job at defending Lamar Jackson so far in their matchups with him. Uh, I think there's going to be a great matchup of two mobile quarterbacks, you know, one more past and one present. Um, but I'm going to take the over and uh, I'm going to take um, the um, I don't think the difference is going to be um, as large as seven points. Well, you're taking New England and taking the points. Huh? Yep. All right. So those are our picks. We actually kind of wrapped up the show a little quick. So I think maybe we get one more over under. I mean, not over under, uh, greater than just for the sake of it. Um, let me take a look. Let's see if I got a good one here for you. I've got a food related one. If you want me to just toss out a food related one while you're looking for a better one. Yeah, sure. Do that. All right. So I've got, uh, I think that uh, homemade chips are better than homemade fries. I'm not a big French fry guy. And I love when a restaurant will bring me, you know, like their house-made chips. So this is interesting. So I'm going to take the homemade fries as greater than only because I like the softness in the middle. So I like the crispy outside and the softness in the middle. Something about chips, like I have to be in the mood for chips because they're just totally crunchy. So like when I eat fries, I like that you bite into it, maybe crisp on the outside and soft on the inside. I kind of like that texture. So I would take the fries over the chips. Okay. Yeah, they're both a good compliment. Um, but I always, you know, French fries are not even my, my favorite form of potato. Next one after you it's a movie one. Freddy or Jason. Uh I'm gonna take uh Freddy. Honestly, uh, you know, there are times that you know I don't want to watch that at night after the sun goes down. Um, I don't want to fall asleep. Uh so uh, I- I'm gonna take uh Freddy. In that instance, I think that he is scarier, um, and uh, I don't want to face him at all. Uh, Jason, um, even though he's got about 14 movies about him now, um, um, I think that Freddy is the scarier individual. Get out of my 
Yeah, he's much scarier. Um, I, I would take Freddy as well. I think both those movies get a little bit overboard and clownish, like uh, you know, after like the second or third one. But I will say, watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, it is terrifying. I mean, it yeah. is really scary. And so, obviously, they got a little bit jokier and jokier as they went. But uh, I would say Freddy Krueger is terrifying, and the idea that somebody could kill you when you're sleeping. Like Jason, at least you can run away from him. Like in Freddy, he's in your dreams. You can't do anything about it. I am going to get tired. Yeah. So that's the scariest thing is like, you know, after watching that, I'm just like, oh man, I got to stay up. I got to stay up. So I think that one had a pretty decent impact on me after the fact. Um, okay. I got another I got another one for you, and it's kind of a three-parter. Um, okay. It is um, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland. Who's been the best Spider-Man so far? You know, we've seen them all be in, in multiple movies so far and, and multiple performances. Um, are you going to be a prisoner of the moment with one? Or, you know, it did the other two strike a chord with you um, and really make an impact as Spider-Man? Yeah, so this one, the order I'm going to put them in, and I love Tom Holland. I really do. And I love all the new Marvel movies. But for me, it goes Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield. Um, Garfield's my least favorite of the three of them. Uh, Tobey Maguire is the first Spider-Man I saw. It's the first Marvel movie, if you really think about it, that I saw in the theater. It was just awesome, you know, and Spider-Man's one, two, and three. As much as I hated Venom in, in three being over grace, you know, that yeah. bothered me. But <laughs> the movies themselves, they hold their own. They're really good. And, and Tobey Maguire is a great actor. We've seen him in, like, the Cider House Rules. Uh, we've seen him in, I think, uh, The Brothers. And he's always good. Tobey Maguire is always good. Tom Holland, I love because he's charming and he's fun and he's just like a cool kid and you like him. He's kind of nerdy, cool. So I like that about him. I don't like anything about Garfield. So it goes for me, uh, Maguire, Holland, Garfield. Yeah, large gap between the, those two and Garfield. I agree with you there. Um, I would probably flip them. Um, I think that Tom Holland has been the best portrayal of a high school uh, Peter Parker, you know, someone who can. Um, you know, play around with the suit, be so curious yet so smart. Um, and uh, I think that he's been the best Spider-Man that we've been able to see so far. Uh, obviously, I think, you know, uh, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment because of the performances that he's had and the connection that he had with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. I think those were super impactful um, in those movies as well. Um, so I'm giving it to Tom Holland. Um, I do uh, think that Tobey Maguire gets props for being um, the first Spider-Man and the first guy to kind of really get the, the ball moving, um, you know, in a, a faster direction with uh, superhero movies. I think he did a really nice job. I think um, I'll always remember, you know, that Upside Down Kiss and uh, Kirsten Dunst um, and uh, the rain and uh, other things happening during that. I may have paused it, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would go... Uh, you know, Tom Holland, Tommy McGuire, and then large gap, Andrew Garfield. Um, I honestly don't think that I have sat through both of the Andrew Garfield movies. And then, of course, we would be remiss. Uh, I do want to say again, thank you to any veterans who served, who are still around. We appreciate you guys serving. Get the Invader Coffee. It's veteran-owned. Um, the really? one other party thing, I didn't have it in the news, but it's kind of a big story. Obviously, Alex Trebek, Sean Connery, we lose both of them. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, Connery was old. He hadn't really done anything in a long time. We hadn't seen. I, I love Sean Connery. So I love Finding Forrester, The Untouchables. Uh, you know his older stuff. I didn't really uh, Entrapment. I didn't really get into the James Bond movies. Uh, so I like his older stuff. And then uh, you know Trebek. Obviously, he was battling stomach cancer or pancreatic cancer. Lost his battle again. The cancer takes another person. That's just horrible. Hopefully, we get a vaccine for that someday. Um, but I did see a funny meme about it that actually made me laugh in the somber moment, which was it said uh, Sean Connery waiting for Alex Trebek in heaven. And it was the Saturday Night Live uh, thing. He's like, we meet again, Trebek. Yeah, suck it, Trebek. Uh, <laughs> you know, that is uh, funny. I mean, I, I've certainly seen Sean Connery in movies before. Um, and I know that's not even him in the Saturday Night Live uh, performances there. But um, just the fact that, you know, someone is cameoing him um, or, you know, portraying him, um, and we lose them both in the same week. Um, I think that's, you know, you know, crazy coincidence. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly tough to lose those two. Um, they both live to be beyond, you know, you know, 75, 80 years old. Um, so, uh, lived powerful lives. I also didn't, um, see any of the James Bond movies. Um, you know, to be honest, you know, Pierce Brosnan is probably my James Bond. 
um just from oh, daniel movies, craig's mind but right just from the movies that i've seen um i haven't seen um really any of the daniel craig ones even though i've heard good things about them oh, blasphemy um, i'll have to watch them um but I've, I've i just haven't yet so that's why pierce brosnan that's been my james bond yeah see i watched uh again i watched i think it was uh that's casino my Ro- guy, baby well casino royale was the uh the first um uh daniel craig one i remember watching it and i'd never really gotten into the bonds because uh, the villains always seem kind of cheesy and campy, but I watched uh, Casino Royale and I thought, "Wow, is this what all the James Bonds are like?" And then I went back to try to watch an old one. And I was like, "Nope, nope, <laughs> I turned it off. nope, they're corny." <laughs> yeah, but no, the new ones are great. I love the new ones. Uh, Skyfall is fantastic. Um, if you had but, your pick, who, who is the next James Bond? If I had my pick, um, does he have it, to be British? It does have to be a British guy. Uh, I don't want to see an American doing a fake British accent. And it can't be an American being an American because 007 is the mission and pot. It's the uh, uh, British intelligence. So it's got to be somebody from England or at least Scotland or something because at least Sean Connery is Scottish. You know, um, Irish, I know somebody talked about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, as a potential. Um, but to me, he's a little too wiry and gangly to be a James Bond. I mean, I know they can put on weight, you know, but um, here's the two I'm going to throw out there. The one that's been thrown around is uh Idris Elba as James Bond. I yeah. like it. I'm a big Idris Elba fan, so I think it's good. But I'm a really big Gerard Butler fan, and I think he'd be a good James Bond. Okay. Um what about how do you feel about Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy is he British? I I, I thought he was, you know Or he's Australian maybe, something like that, right? Yeah, I, I thought he was, you know, uh, Irish or Scottish. I thought he was Somewhere over there, I mean, I'd have to, you know, certainly look for clarification, but I think that he would be one of, if he fits the qualifications, he'd be a great uh, 007. Um, but of the two you named, um, give me Idris Elba. I think it'd be, uh, you know, great for him to uh, get that shine. I think he's been uh, looked at as a, a great actor for his performances and, and also a good-looking fellow. So he fits the bill. And again, a line I quoted today from uh, Finding Forrester, uh, Sean Connery, which was great, is uh, the guy comes to visit them. He's giving Sean Connery his socks and his whatever, and he gives him his check. And he goes, oh, did you cash the last check? Because it's still showing his outstanding. He goes, not as outstanding as it once was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, his, his voice is all time. All right, so that said, what happens, Kenny, when we close our eyes for the very last time? It's 